I'm Angela Lucier, a professional public speaker, seven-time author, two-time TEDx speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And I'm Dr. Jolie Hamilton, a research psychologist, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and an ASECT certified sex educator. Together, we're the hosts of Playing the Stage, a podcast about speaking and sisterhood. If you've been a fan, you know I've been doing this show solo, and it's been all about public speaking for years. Well, that all changes now. Well, you're still talking about speaking on stage, but now we're also going to focus on the three things you need to make an impact, your voice, confidence, and sisterhood. This show is a training ground to go from dreaming to creating. Right. And we'll still be doing interviews with expert guests. Plus, you'll also get more personal stories and insights from us as well. I'm excited to see where this goes. Me too. And slightly freaked out. Me too. (laughs) Welcome to the next chapter of Plan Stage. Hi, Jolie. Hi, Ange. How are you? (laughs) Here we are again. We're back. Uh, Yeah, we're back. And we have another exciting episode. We're talking about our pleasure challenge, which you have informed me will be a surprise. So uh, I'm looking forward to finding out with the rest of the listeners what's happening with that. (laughs) Hopefully that's a pleasurable experience for you. (laughs) I think it will be. I'm I'm hoping. But before we jump into the pleasure challenge and how that's going to work, we have a whole bunch to talk about. The first thing I want to say is we have new music. And we had new music for our episode last week. Totally forgot to mention it. But Kelly Vogel, who was on our podcast uh, over the fall, where she's from Sound Passage. You might remember that episode I did with her where we talked about how to feel more ease in a time of stress. And it was it was kind of an interactive episode where you could do some breathing exercises and it was a lot of fun. So anyway, Kelly's also a composer. So she reached out and said, how would you like some new music? And I thought, yeah. So uh, we we said we wanted to sound kind of whimsical and fun and dreamy. And I think she hit the mark. What do you think? I definitely think she hit the mark. And I love that you got to play with it. Like, it, that was so cool. Usually when I'm picking out music for something, there's just this catalog. And this was yeah. different. It was so cool to get to, like, listen. What about that part? What about that part? Yeah. I I have no big composer energy. Like, so <laughs> it was... It was a mystery to think like, oh, yeah, just take that part out or add that. Okay, that's new. I know. It was weird trying to give feedback because I'm like, I don't know anything about music. But when that thing makes that noise, can you make it sound different? (laughs) You have to get really rudimentary about the describing. (laughs) Yeah. And she knew what I was talking about every time. I'm like, all right, I'm glad that you know what's going on here. So we're really happy. In her zone genius. (laughs) Working (laughs) so thank you to kelly for the music so excited about it and uh i just i love the new vibe so wanted to make sure we mentioned that also our photos are posted from our last episode (laughs) where we talked about our quotes and the fuck it buckets and what else do we talk oh our we talked about our things that brought us joy like my vacuum and your my joy your your actual joy so (laughs) If you, want to, if you want to see us being weird, go to our Instagram, the Speaker Sisterhood Instagram, follow over there. We'll be putting up more pics that pertain to each episode. So you can see us being You our, can see our weird. Yes. That'll be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I have given up on grown-upness. I am in the overalls and the pigtails move. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I think, you are. I think I'm 
I'm, I'm ready for it. If we're bringing joy, there better be overalls. Yeah. I mean, I have to say when we logged into Zoom today and your face came up and you had your pebbles, pigtails and your overalls, I, I felt immediate joy. I was like, this is where I want to be. This is who I want to be talking to. So thanks exactly. for bringing that. <laughs> like I, there's, there's room for professional energy, but I don't need that this morning. No, I don't I think we fun. ever need that. This is professional enough. <laughs> yeah, it is. So another thing we're asking for now is reactions to past episodes because we want to share some of those reactions in in our intros. And someone sent me an email with her feedback from our feminism episode, and I wanted to share what she said because I think it was it was it was just like helpful to read. Oh, someone else heard what we were saying and really like got it and wanted to share her experience. So what she said was, I grew up with three little brothers and my mom was way more into boyish stuff than girly stuff. While I loved girly stuff, there was no one to be that way with. So for me, feeling tall and gangly and those components of just not really knowing how to be one of the girls left me feeling awkward. Then I went straight into teenager, then college, where I didn't even know how to do my own hair properly. I'm learning to grow into being a woman. Also a weird concept, considering I feel like a 20-year-old in a 34-year-old's body half the time. Ha ha. <laughs> so I was uh-huh. like, I could, yeah, I can relate to that. So thanks for writing yeah. in with you know, feedback. I love that feedback because I feel like hair has been, like, I was raised by a hairdresser. I still didn't know what to do with my hair. It didn't, like, yeah. And and it did, it does, like, your, how we imagine ourselves is related to what how we know how to move in the world. This is hard stuff. It is. And the word femininity is ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm still trying to figure out how to say it. So I'll just start with that. <laughs> so I loved our segment last week about things that are bringing us joy right now. And I thought we should do it again because we're still just in a weird time and space. And talking about joy just feels really good. It does. It does. Do you have one you want to start with? Yeah, you know, so I saw, I, I mean, I knew how special your vacuum was already. <laughs> you had shared that joy with me and your relationship with your vacuum, which makes me happy just that you have one. Um, and that made me think about how joyful my vacuum makes me. So I have one of those robot vacuums, yeah, like a Roomba, but it's a different company. But where was this thing all my life? I love it so much. And the best part about it is I never deal with it. Like, my partner deals with it. Like uh, he cleans up the house to make sure that it's ready for it. And then I wake up in the morning and everything downstairs is vacuumed all at once. And I did nothing. And it drives the cat a little wonkers. So that's just a bonus. That does sound nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I like the idea of one of those, but I think I've really started to take and take to the process of vacuuming now. So maybe someday yeah, I'll I mean, have you're, one. You're in it. You're yeah. like, you're, you're, you are fully committed to your vacuum. I am. That's it's different. like going on a date. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was in like a, a very estranged relationship with my vacuum. So this is good. This, this is good for me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so one thing that mm-hmm. I had asked you for um, like two weeks ago was accountability when it comes to working out and doing my homework that I get from therapy appointments. Cause sometimes 
you know, I end an appointment with my therapist and I feel like, wow, we got a lot from that. And then I, I kind of think about it, but then I continue on with my life. And then we get to the next appointment. I realize, oh, I never did those few things that she asked me to work on. So I asked you to hold me accountable to doing a 30 minute workout of some sort every day and doing my therapy homework. And if I didn't do it, then I would pay you $20 for every day I miss. And I have been loving this accountability system because so far I have not missed a day. And I actually feel so much joy around giving myself this gift to do the workout and the homework every day that it doesn't feel like, oh, I got to do this thing or I have to give Jolie $20. It's more like, oh, I made time for myself. And if I don't do it, then I then I do owe Jolie $20. But so far I have not missed a day and it's been really enjoyable. Yeah, I am none the richer, but I am totally enjoying watching you like check check I let I me mean, I oh I love I will put stuff on a list just to check it off and so vicariously watching you check off I mean yeah that's a win for me $20 yeah. or no total win total win well my favorite emoji is the green check mark and I use that and every time every time I send you the text that says I did it and I use my little check mark and it feels so satisfying so I want to share that this approach to accountability to, with everyone listening. Cause if you're struggling with something, just tell a friend you'll give her $20 if, if you don't do it. Yeah. And it yeah. might make you feel like you have a new relationship with that thing. Uh, I do totally you have a favorite emoji? I do have a favorite emoji. It's the sparkle one. The oh. little, the little two little sparkles. Yeah. I use that for like everything. I feel like it's a good spot. Like it feels like magic and love kind of together, but it's not, not just a heart. I, mm-hmm. I love it. Hmm. Yeah, definitely my favorite. Yeah, I like that one too. Inspired. I mean, I use the fire a lot too. Yeah, yeah. I use fire a lot, but yeah, magic. I like the faces. I like a lot of faces. Yeah, I mean, I think having all the faces. I like to use the faces, and now that I'm, I'm, I've gotten older, and I have to hold the phone heart further away from me. I'm like, oh, I use the faces and just use them one at a time, so I can see them because <laughs> my eyesight has decided to be sporadic on me now. So when I, when I type a whole bunch of them, I can't always tell which face they are. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's like actually having to remember, oh, I don't actually know what that face is. I better, I better uh, clarify whether they meant that as a joke or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's another thing that's bringing you joy right now? Butternut squash. Oh, I, butternut squash. I, okay. I came to my squash love late. Um, my parents gardened big time. So I had access to squash my whole life. This is nobody's fault, but my own. But for some reason this fall, I was like, I think pandemic, I was like, can just go get a whole basket, like a whole bushel of squash. So we've got a bunch over the winter and we've been just using this enormous container of squash and oh my gosh, ridiculously happy about the squash. You're making me want to have that right now. I do. I love butternut squash yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like as soon as we're finished, I'm going to go have butternut squash. Yeah. <laughs> Plus I get I've... to say butternut, which I like the word <laughs> butternut. That word is good. It is good. Yeah. The color is so, um, it just makes me feel healthy just looking at it too. Just that bright Yeah. It, like it's the color of vitamin A. <laughs> yeah. My, the other thing I want to share that's bringing me joy right now that's is also a food is muffins that I made yesterday. I ha- I got a text a couple of weeks ago from my friend Amber, you know Amber, and yeah. she she said, "Oh, I've been making muffins every week and I just throw random things in whatever I have. Some weeks they're savory with like zucchini, some weeks they're sweet and I'll put different fruit or raisins in them and it's just been a lot of fun. Have you been making muffins?" And I was like, 
I don't think I've ever made a muffin in my whole life. And I, and I'm like, do you have a good recipe for it? And she sends me a recipe. It was like the easiest thing in the world, just really simple. And you just add whatever you want to it. So yesterday morning I got some cranberries and I got some pecans and some oatmeal. And I added those to the muffin recipe and I got these little heart shaped muffin molds and I made the muffins and I was so happy. And I'm like, yeah, this should be something I do every week because they're so cute and they're so warm and the house smelled amazing. And it took me yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And Max will be thrilled. You can yeah. like, w- like make them baby friendly if you want. Yep. And then you have like, and babies don't eat whole muffins. So like, <laughs> perfect. I love serving babies things that they're only going to eat part of. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I actually used the egg uh, replacer so that he can eat them since he's allergic to eggs. Yeah. And they came out great. So I'll put the muffin recipe in in the show notes for anyone who wants something really simple to start with. If you're like, hey, muffins sound good. And anything Amber has ever recommended has tasted good. So yeah, yeah it's going to be a total winner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what's the one more thing that's bringing you joy right now? Okay, it's um Airtable. It's a it's a just an online it's just a tool. It's a, like a project management slash it's like a it's like if a, an Excel sheet worked. <laughs> like like you know how Excel does jobs but doesn't like you're like always just a little bit mad about it? Hmm. It's like if Excel worked and I am very very happy about it. I'm putting like every project I have is now in it and it's like, it's, I get to like color code it. It's yeah. It's as yummy for me as post-it notes on the wall. Whoa. And I like post-it notes on the wall. Yeah. So. That's hard to compete with. Yeah. It's serious. It's a little love affair. I'm, I love it a lot. Oh, I like so, that list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what well, about you? Was that all your things? No, you have one more. I have one more and it's one that I know you also love and it's Shit's Creek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I am so late to this party, later than you. I'm only on season two. And I just watched, I think, my favorite episode so far. I can't tell if it's because I was so tired that I laughed at every joke or if it really was the best episode so far. But it was season two, episode 12, when uh, the woman who David works for at Blouse Barn was being offered a $10,000 check by the Australian Blouse Barn. And yes. he and Alexis decide to become her representation or her lawyer, the lawyers, and they uh, negotiate a higher payment for the rights. There was just something about that episode that just made me laugh so hard. I'm going to watch it again today, actually. And that show is just giving me so much joy, especially David. I mean, Daniel Levy, I mean, where has he been all my life? I know. You know what my favorite part about it is? Ken and I were just talking about this yesterday on a walk. It's the show is ridiculous as it starts off. And I had to like come back around to it because I thought I'm not going to want to watch this when I watched the first episode. But I tried it again. It's because the show doesn't treat you like an idiot. Mm. It actually doesn't like it doesn't assume that people aren't going to figure out when somebody's, you know, lying in front of them or covering something up. If they do. So I'm loving that. And I'm loving knowing that it's written that way. So it's ridiculous and yet not the same level of like laugh track you know like prosaic it's not obvious i it's so much fun <laughs> yeah i think the show's a lot smarter than it appears yeah and yeah. i think that's really cool yeah um i think i'm gonna have to come back and watch the whole season and series again too just to feel yeah. fully get it and Look i know around. we're all, we're in a three-way um competition for daniel levy's heart with your with your partner we 
are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Ken and I ever go to sleep without mentioning him at least once. Well, I, I want to see if we can get him on the podcast and my goal will be to win him over. So <laughs> yeah, sure. Of course, of course. Fine. So, okay. All right. We talked about a lot of joy here. I also want to talk about, which I think is also bringing us joy is more of the things that we're working on. Cause I, I did my club leader training Monday night, and at the end of training, I said, does anyone have any questions? And someone said, yeah, can you tell us about what you're working on besides this? And like, who else is on your team? And like, how do you get all this stuff done? And so I, I kind of went through a little overview of who I work with and how I get stuff done and what else I'm doing. And they were all so happy to know what I'm doing. And they just felt like, oh, we got a little peek behind the curtain. And that's really interesting and inspiring. And I thought, oh, people do want to hear about this. (laughs) I'm just so used to doing it. I don't realize that it might be interesting to other people. So I thought it'd be helpful if we share a little bit behind the curtain about what we're doing. And I know last week you shared about trying to get a, a handle on this, you know, the wide amount of information, you know, and trying to distill it down to something that people can use easily. So what are you working on now? So I'm, I'm wrapping up that project and I'm moving. So I'm moving all the information that's been living inside of me into digestible format, like actual content. Um, But the thing that I'm working on the most right now is exactly how much time I I get to spend on each part of my business. So I'm doing the, I'm doing the, the hard decision stuff. Like how much time am I going to spend working one-on-one with people? And cause I have a great formula for that. I love it. But when I let it take over all of, all of my everything, then I can't possibly be one-on-one with everybody. So it's not so much that I'm building a new thing right this second as I'm, I think I'm refining and distilling and figuring out how to make my business work for me as well as for the people I serve. I love being in service, but um, it's so tempting to give too much of ourselves away. Right? Yep. And so I want to I want to find joy and pleasure in all of my work now. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm really clear. So it's not like a it's not. A, a straightforward process. This has been really messy and iterative and you've been there while I'm like totally breaking down and like, what the heck, what do I even do? What's my specialty? I don't even know. Yeah. I got a bunch of letters behind my name for a reason. You'd think I'd remember, but sometimes I forget. So yeah, right now I'm trying not to forget. Yeah. Good. <laughs> what are you working on now? Um, well, I'm going to be launching a new speaker sisterhood club launching in February. I'm very excited because I've not actually personally led a club in about a year and I miss it a lot. So I'm going to be launching a club. It'll be an advanced club only open to members who've been in speaker sisterhood for two years or more and club leaders. So I'm hoping to kind of get a new dimension, new level of feedback and help those speakers who've been at it for a while to keep working on their craft and see if we can introduce some new ideas that could maybe be brought into the other clubs too. So it's going to be a little experimental and um, just fun. So that'll be launching on February 9th. If anyone is interested in coming to my launch party, you can email me and I'll, I'll get you registered. It's Angela at speakersisterhood.com. You can also check out our website. I'll have my club page up there by the time this la- this comes out. 
it'll have more information. The club's going to meet on Tuesday nights, second and fourth Tuesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. So you can get more information online. But yeah, I'm working on that right now. I'm very excited to get another club going and start interacting with people again. (laughs) We are experiencing the tiny challenges that come with not being able to be in the same room. There are big challenges, but there are tiny challenges too. I So I'm glad that we're talking about joy because I think it would be easy for me to get totally overwhelmed <laughs> if we weren't. Um, but I am super excited that you're we, like talking about an advanced club. That idea, when I first heard you mention it, you were really jazzed about it, but also a little like, do people want to keep going? I think the answer is a resounding yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so, a lot of interest so far. So that's I don't, fantastic. I don't think it's going to be hard to get this club rolling. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I totally yeah. love it. Thank you. So w- last week we interviewed Elizabeth Lesser and she talked about her new book, Cassandra Speaks. And I meant to bring the book with me to our, our recording here today so I could read a little excerpt and I forgot it upstairs. So I'm not going to read that today. I'm going <laughs> to save that for next week, I guess. But is there anything you want to share if that you've picked up in the last couple days of reading? Yeah. So I've been reading and the thing that I picked up isn't a quote. It's the reminder to go back to the mythology. So my the psychology that I study is grounded all in in taking mythology seriously as the first psychology. Like psyche means soul. So the the stories from um the ancients, the, those who came before us, they're, that's how they could talk about what we now call psychology. And the way that Elizabeth talks about story, she reminds me both to look at the stories as they exist, but also to remember who was telling them. So I'm feeling the, the intensity of like the rage that comes up hearing... <laughs> You know, hearing any Cassandra story, any story where a woman's truth is either kept kept tightly in or is um, is not believed or is shoved aside, there's rage there. But as soon as I remember, like, right, and Elizabeth Lesser has written this book, and I've written a book, and you've written lots of books. And so our voices are being heard. We're not actually just in that time anymore. So it's, I think, the juxtaposition of that. The stories make me rageful, but I also see the difference. That's... Yeah, it's really helpful right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that the rage is, it's kind of helpful to have that rage come up because it's sort of just like lying there dormant all the time yep. and to just be able to experience it and then figure out how you want to use it, right? Yeah. How can you channel that energy into something? It's kind of helpful. Yeah, yeah angering is important. Yeah. We can't really grieve without going through all the emotions that grief is packed with it. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to have to do the angry thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's jump into our big subject for today, our pleasure challenge, which is a big, it's going to be a surprise for me. So Jolie, take the stage. <laughs> okay. So I, um, good news, bad news for you. Uh, I changed my mind. We're not doing a pleasure challenge. So, okay. <laughs> so we've just been talking about it for a while. And uh, yeah, no. So I don't want to do a challenge right now. So I, I had all these notes about what we were going to do. Um, and last night I felt like I was on, well, we talked for a little while last night. I was sparklers. My hair was on fire Yeah. and I was really excited 
And I was excited about all the fun stuff we're doing. And I was excited about talking about joy and staying in that space of positivity and, and generativity. And then I kept having to write this word challenge over and over again. I'm like, is that really the energy I want to bring? Mm. So, um, yeah, there's enough challenges. I don't know. You have enough challenges in your life right now? Family, <laughs> business, yeah, life, you know, in a pandemic and maybe a country that needs like to deeply reckon with its shame and. Yeah. So there's a few things that we have for challenges. So I think, I think pleasure is an awesome direction to go. I still want to focus on pleasure, um, but I'm going to save my, um, I think, pretty formidable challenge en energy for those real challenges. And instead, I want to center that word pleasure and let's instead have a pleasure experiment. Ooh, plot twist. Hot twist, right. So I want to get really real about what, what our pleasure is. It's not going to look the same for everybody. So these are experiments. I, I, I'm not going to give you a list of things. Go do these things. So I've seen a lot of pleasure challenges, and I think it can be really helpful to get a list of things to do, but it can feel like homework. If it's an experiment, I want to say first, you know, I mean, pick it up or, or leave it. You know, don't do something that doesn't work for you. But an experiment is rooted in the idea of play. So this can be really playful. Pleasure isn't just, a okay, I'm a sex educator. So when I talk about pleasure, usually people assume that I'm talking about sexual pleasure because the word pleasure means like a feeling of happy satisfaction or enjoyment. But when we use pleasure as a verb, the dictionary actually defines it as to give sexual enjoyment or satisfaction to. And I think that might be at the root of where some of our hangups around pleasure come from. Because mm -hmm. a lot of us have guilt and shame and, and all sorts of stuff or just unpacked baggage around anything sexual. So I don't, I'm not going to set down the idea that sexual stuff might be part of a pleasure challenge, but pleasure is so much bigger than that. Pleasure is about every sensation that you feel in your body that is satisfaction and joy and yummy and like leaning into and the yes right? So <laughs> when I think about pleasure as an experiment, I instantly think, okay, well, where do I have pleasure now? And I don't know, where do you currently, like, where do you fit pleasure into your life? I try to fit it into everything I'm doing. That's been one of my goals for the last couple of weeks is like when I'm hanging out with my son and we're just playing with blocks, I try to stop and go, is there a way that I can like make make this fun for myself instead of just looking up at the clock going, all right, what time do I have to start making dinner? And what time, you know, is the next thing happening? So it's a lot about like just enjoying whatever I'm doing. Right. Not, not like right. creating so, a new activity that brings fun. Yeah. So you're staying present. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge. Right. And it's not actually what we hear about very often. Often when we're talking about pleasure, what, what we slip into is this, that idea of self-care, which is a, it's a tricky one, right? Like self-care, I think the term is useful and helpful, but it can become like a to-do list thing. Like you said, something I need to add to my day in order to have experienced pleasure or in order to have been present or done my self-care. I need that green checkbox. And um, that can be helpful, but we can also turn it into a treat like pleasure as a reward for something or pleasure as a treat that I schedule. But when we schedule things, often we'll schedule them like 
on a weekly basis. You know, you schedule like the the my weekly foot soak or my uh, my monthly massage. Oh, if you know, if only not COVID. Um, we schedule those things, and they're not built into every moment. So I hear that you are practicing pleasure and practicing inviting pleasure. Um, so you're totally on the right track already, which I'm not surprised about. Um, cause what I wanted to do is, well, what if we make pleasure an everyday experience? What if we expand our notion of like, what gives us pleasure? We have to reintroduce ourselves to what it is that brings us pleasure. So we're going to play with it. So for, for the next 14 days, I'm going to have a prompt, an idea that you can play with, but this is meant to be a riff, like just play with it. Um, we're going to play with our senses. So there's, um, there's something for sound and sight and touch and taste and smell, but then we're going to get into some other things. Um, so there's, there's like a key word for each day. Um, one of the days is quirky and one of the days is altruistic and one of the days is childlike. So we're going to play off of that. And I've, I've written up suggestions. So you'll be able, you won't have to think up entirely what to do to like expand your notion of pleasure. I'm going to give you some ideas, but it's also not just a checklist. You don't have to do a specific thing. You don't have to go play a Spotify playlist and close the curtains and dance. If you don't want to do that, if that's not pleasurable for you, you're going to, you're going to play off that keyword and just build it out and feel for you. Where's the pleasure in that? And yeah, so that's the direction. What do you think? I love it. I'm curious about the senses. Can you give an example of like the smell one, for example? So, um, okay. <laughs> so the smell one, it's okay. Let me re actually, can I read, can I read the sight one? Sure. Okay. Cause the smell one isn't totally done yet. I don't okay. like the way it's written yet, but the yeah. sight one's good. So, okay. So it's, it's this, um, beauty. That's what we think of generally when we think about pleasure and sight, we think about experiencing beauty, but there are other ways to play with sight as an experience of pleasure. We could play with visual exuberance or even the edge of visual overwhelm. Um, in the space of exploration, we can like a toy with what we actually like. Do we like feeling big colors? Do we, do we like surrounding ourselves with soft light? Do we want to see visually stimulating screens? Like that can, that is pleasurable for some people. So rather than get fixated on the idea that I have to go enjoy a beautiful sunset and that's what visual pleasure is, we're just going to let go of that and feel into it. What do I want to experience right now. Play with it. If you move towards something that's too overwhelming, notice it, pull back and try something different, but actually commit like a little bit of time to just playing with what is it that I want to put in front of my eyes? And if you're visually impaired, then you could play with the imagination. I mean, the, the imagination is the greatest source of vision that there is, right? So we could play with our vision just by playing with our imagination. So that's the basic idea that we're going to take a particular word like sight or sound or um, childlike and just toy with it for a little while and see. I mean, I think you're going to nail childlike. <laughs> yeah, I really I do. That. I have yeah. seen your block sculptures and I've seen you eaten by a rainbow. So <laughs> you're, you're totally going to get that. <laughs> can I give, 
Can I tell you what came up for me as you were describing that? Yeah. Uh, about a year ago, I was sitting on my bed and I had the windows open. It was the summer and I was just kind of like looking at the windows and the the breeze came in and it was blowing my curtains around. And I could have watched that for 10 hours. Just watching a curtain blowing in the breeze with the sun shining through was so pleasurable. And it was so like relaxing and beautiful and simple. And it reminded me that I love the way that curtains interact with the outdoors. You get to see light come through them. You get to see wind come through them. And there was like a visual component to it, but also like a sensory experience of feeling the air too. So is that kind of what you're talking about? That is totally what I'm talking about. I'm, and your curtains, I think, are the perfect example. I mean, I don't know your upstairs curtains, but I know your living room curtains. And you invited joy into the room by polka dotting them all up and then putting little words. And the little words are, are something that you see, right? There's little, there's little treats, right? For you to see and someday for your kid to see like, hey, oh my goodness, there's a tiny little word there. <laughs> so we're going to look for the places where where we we find ourselves, yeah, enraptured, caught in that in-between space, that what you're describing there, that you are no longer in, like, in the, in the, the realm of time, like, you slipped into flow, into um, Mahali, Chaksa Mahali says, like, you're in that flow state. And we think about flow state when we're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, a professional skier gets in the flow state when they're, like, skiing downhill and they're super good at it and they're in the flow. But you experience flow state just lying in your bed, looking at a curtain, and allowing yourself to really be there, experiencing the pleasure. So yeah, the goal, if we were going to have a goal, would be to experience more pleasure. But it doesn't have to look just one way. It might feel gentle. It might feel really overwhelming. Some of my most pleasurable activities are super intense. And it might be somewhere in between. I love this so much. I love that it's an experiment too. That's one of my favorite words. So I want to invite everyone to do this experiment with us and share what you're what you're gleaning from it. So you can email me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com and we'll share some of your observations as we go. And next week we're gonna have part two of this experiment and we're gonna have a guest on, right, to talk about it too. Are yeah, so the fantabulist Cindy Lee Alves is going to join us, and Cindy Lee talks about pleasure. I mean, so they are just they're fantastic. They talk about pleasure. They're they're a sexologist, um, and an educator, and a liberationist. I, like the way that Cindy Lee taught me about pleasure several years ago when I had them in class. I I, I took a class from them. It, it changed my mindset from thinking about pleasure connected to my orgasm to thinking about pleasure in every aspect of my life. So I am, I am super excited to talk yeah, to them. This sounds great. <laughs> and I, for anyone listening, you might be asking yourself, like, what does this have to do with public speaking? And what does this have to do with building confidence and sisterhood? It has everything to do with it because it's about getting to know yourself. And it's about really like respecting and appreciating these parts of yourself and 
also taking the time to enjoy your life. And when you put, can put yourself in that position of being someone who's valuable enough to, to do this kind of experiment, it helps you find your voice because you feel like you're someone who's worthy of having a voice and sharing your voice because you're treating yourself with so much respect and, and you're putting that time back into yourself. What would you say to that, Jolie? I would add to that that so I, I was part of um, a club for several years where I shared a bunch of stories um, about my sadness and about my 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 hurts and my ouches and my traumas and the way that I had overcome things and and these like good stories about how I had found my new self. And those were all awesome. But I also shared some stories about joy and pleasure and things I reveled in. And those always, I could see the audience relax with me. I could see them like join me in it. So I think that this is a potential way to give us access to the stories. I, there's a lot of pressure right now for us to share everything and, you know, like, like display our trauma. What about displaying our pleasure in our stories when we're teaching, when we're speaking? Because when my teachers do that and when the speakers that I listen to, when they do that, I... I remember parts of my own life that were pleasurable. I stopped focusing just on how I have overcome difficulty and also remember that I've also had a great life with immense joy. So I think that it'll help us craft stories that are bigger than just our our bummers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bigger than your bummers. I love that. <laughs> it'll be bigger than that. <laughs> All right. Anything else that we should know before getting started? Do you recommend people like write in a journal or what's a good way to kind of track all this? Okay. So I'm going to recommend two things. One is a little reflectivity, never hurt anyone, but you don't have to write it down. If journaling isn't your jam, just use your voice recorder. I know that Angela has recommended that over and over again, and I know that you use it. And when you recommended that to me several years ago, I started voice recording and I started using it with clients and clients who had struggled for years to do their homework. All of a sudden we're doing their homework because the voice recorder is right there. Um, so use that to reflect on what you're doing. Um, and then I'm also going to recommend an accountability buddy. Like grab a friend, whether they have listened to Claim the Stage or not before, it doesn't matter. Grab a friend, do this challenge. And yeah, send each other a text. And you could either send a text and share like the thing you did or what you found. Or you could just send a te text that says, I did it. I found pleasure today. Day three, nailed it. <laughs> And yeah, an accountability buddy is just the best. So that's a great idea. And it's also really nice to text a friend good news. Like, I yes. love doing that. <laughs> yeah, we made a commitment to doing that. And I feel like our friendship has greatly improved. Like when when we have to go through times when one or the other of us is in like a really dark space, we still have permission to share the good stuff. Like, because we already committed to it. And that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Because it, there's no point in both of us just staying in the bottom of the hole yeah. and like hanging out down there, digging it deeper. It's, it's good to have to see over the edge a little bit. Yeah. It's also a good practice too. Cause I think sometimes we feel guilty, like we're, we're doing better than somebody else and we don't want to rub it in their face or like you might feel right. shame about self-promotion for whatever reason, cause you're doing well at something, but practicing sharing the love is a great thing because it also it lifts up your friends I think and yeah. also it feels good to just like I don't know to let people know how you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah everybody struggles with one way or the other you know some people have an easier time with roses some people have an easier time with thorns 
like in the sharing, but sharing, sharing joy. I, it's so, and especially sharing it one-to-one, you know, that's different from like posting on Instagram. It's great to post on Instagram. I'm doing this challenge. That's awesome. But it's also just so great to wake up. I woke up to a text from you this morning. that was just joy. Just nothing but that. That was great. Like what a thing to have at breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I shared a 30 second video of Max, my son, walking away from the camera watching himself and then walking back to the camera and it's just the shortest like nothing video but it is really cute so I'm glad you enjoyed it I did and that that's it so more we're just gonna have more more joy yeah more pleasure love it yes well thanks for putting this together this is great I'm excited to get started so we'll put the the outline of the experiment we'll attach it to our um the the podcast posting on the speaker sisterhood website so you can download it and you'll have it all and you can view it and do whatever you want with it yes cool it'll be be easy to follow all right well thank you (laughs) you're welcome I look forward to next week we'll talk more about it Jolie and I hope you have loved listening as much as we love making this show. If so, tell us by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Clay in the Stage is a production of Speaker Sisterhood and is produced in the Glitter Closet in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Music is composed by Kelly Vogel of Sound Passage. All right, that does it for us this week. Until next time, stop waiting, start creating. Bye for now. Bye.